We have to rethink the way that our supply chains work because currently if like we continue in the path that we are, like nothing's going to change. We spend more money on waste disposal than on housing. And welcome to the Age of Plastic podcast. It's me again, Andrea Fox. I hope you are doing well. I hope you enjoyed last week's podcast with the brilliant Dr. Imogen Napa talking all about plastic pollution. She's a marine scientist. Before that, we had Ethical Finance with Becky O'Connor and Georgina Wilson-Powell on her brand new book, Is It Really Green? I hope you've enjoyed those so far. If you haven't caught up with them, go back and have a listen. Coming up, we'll be talking about how ITV are becoming more sustainable. Yes, your TV shows are becoming carbon neutral. And you can hear from the woman in charge of saving the future from the actions of today, Sophie Howe uh, from Wales. But first up um, today, we're going to be talking refills. I just want to start the show with a little hello to Biden and Harris, if they happen to be listening. So many things have happened since they came into office. I found watching the inauguration weirdly emotional. Um, they have uh, reversed the uh, trans ban in the military. That's come to an end. They've reversed the Muslim ban and environmental changes so far as well. They've rejoined the Paris Climate Agreement. They've scrapped offshore oil drilling, blocked Keystone's XL pipeline, reversed the decision that would allow logging and roads in national forests, implemented Obama-era rules for fuel efficiency in cars, regulate methane emissions, they've phased out HFCs in fridges and AC that would heat the planet, and they're supporting climate scientists on a federal level. <gasps> Look, I know we're not, we shouldn't have anyone on a pedestal, but, I mean, that is cause for a small celebration, right? You can come and say hi, have a chat about politics, like I just did, or maybe talk about that greyhound with all of the outfits that it loved but could not wear in 2020. You can email me at my website, iamandreafox.co.uk. You can email me through our Instagram as well for this podcast, Age of Plastic Podcast. We also have a Facebook page if you want to search for us there. And I'm on Twitter, Andrea underscore Fox. We also have a little weekend chat about the latest episode on there as well. On the podcast today then, two Canadians are joining me today to talk about zero waste cleaning and deliveries that don't add to the capital's fumes. Charlie is a zero waste cleaning product delivery service based in London. I'm chatting to the founders Monica Grundy and Chloe Cronin all about deposit schemes for waste plastic, the embarrassment and cost of our waste disposal here in the UK and recycling shaming plus how things work in Canada. Now we spoke just before Christmas and before national lockdown and Charlie, we're spelling this guys with two R's and an I. Here's Chloe to explain. So yeah, it's a bit of a different spelling because it stands for something. So it stands for circular homes are refilling, reusing, love it. Nice. I like that. We mentioned this before, but it's a bit like WUKA, which I think stands for uh, wake up and kick ass, which I quite like as well. Love an <laughs> yeah. acronym. So what exactly is Charlie for people who, because um, you are servicing uh, a small area of London where we're both talking to each other remotely today lol tier three um but uh, yeah tell us exactly what you do so we're essentially the milkman for your routine so your skincare routine your laundry routine cleaning um and we provide products in reusable containers and then when you're done using it we'll pick up the empties and replace you with the new one so nice. essentially like the milkman model but we've just reimagined it yeah so we deliver products in these lovely glass bottles and then when you're finished using it, we collect and we wash, we sterilize and refill. Amazing. And they do look really, really 
chic. They're very Aesop style, I have to say, if you're aware, if I'm, if people are listening aware of that brand. And like you say, it's uh, you're stocking sort of um, skincare, homeware. You're not going to be doing sort of packs of nuts and seeds like zero waste style with Charlie, right? Um, it's something that we're exploring in the new year. We actually have a few initiatives in the new year, which will make us a lot like broader and like a bigger reach. Yeah. So yeah, it's something that we will venture into. Nice. So when it comes to your stockists, what were the sort of the checkpoints, if it were, for finding people that you wanted to work with and stock in your refills? So we were looking for independent brands that share the same ethos as us. So very natural, organic, vegan, um, and just kind of cared about the planet and cared about the ingredients and how they're products were being crafted and made. So um, we started exploring some brands and we realized there are a ton out there that you don't see in everyday shops. So we started emailing them and calling them and we actually, before lockdown, went and met them all or tried to meet as many as we could. And it's incredible to hear their stories and meet the makers and um, all the ingredients that go into it. So yeah, yeah. it was actually It was an easier process than we thought it was going to be. That's interesting because I do like the meet the maker element that you've got on the blog on your website because I think people do want to buy. We're talking a lot this year of shop small, shop independent, and there are lots of smaller producers out there. They just don't have the sort of range, like you say, to be those big names that you might see in larger zero waste stores or in supermarkets now these days. Yeah, definitely. And it's like nice to support them as well and support your local community. Because that was very important to us versus like supporting like a big brand name that already has very wide distribution and has the funding. So it's nice to actually go and actually meet the people, see how they make the products. Because they care a lot more about their business than let's just say something from the top five. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I suppose let's talk about that sexy, sexy topic of cleaning in the age of COVID. (laughs) Did you have to, I mean, obviously it must be very hygienic anyway, but was there sort of any added element that you needed to bring in after, you know, everyone kind of obsessing more about cleanliness this year? We got a lot of advice. So we went to like the experts and asked them exactly how to do it, like what kind of temperatures it needs to be cleaned at. Um, We've had, we had like foam parties at the beginning. in um, the cleaning products. So we just have like, there just be explosions of like foam. <laughs> so we you know it was good to get their advice and um, consult with them. Um, it, but it's kind of like going to a restaurant. You know, you, you think that they have good hygienic standards, you're reusing plates. And if you didn't think that was good hygienic standards, then you probably wouldn't be eating at that restaurant. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The same thing applied with us yeah. in the foams. And when it comes to deliveries as well, you do something uh, quite different, which I'm seeing a lot um, more these days. Uh, They're all delivered by bike, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The pollution in London is just so terrible. We didn't want to contribute to that. So we deliver uh, via cargo bikes. Um, So, yeah, carbon free delivery. That was very important to us. Yeah. So let's talk about um, why you decided to set up Charlie, because this is a new brand. This is a new venture for you. And this is not necessarily your background, right? Yeah, definitely not. (laughs) (laughs) So my background is in stockbroking. And I mean, it kind of applies a little bit here because you got to see a lot of like new businesses that were forming. 
So just like the different business models, what was working was, was, was not working, but it was completely different from a reuse. Yeah, I'm a video producer and I just had such eco-anxiety. Every day I was going to work and I was like, I need to put my time towards kind of a solution. Um, so I just, yeah, I had this burning desire to kind of quit my job and start doing something that was going to help the planet. Um, so yeah, we kind of, the idea came to us about a year ago, year and a half ago, and we started working on it after work and on weekends. And we're like, this could be something. So yeah. And it provides a solution. I mean, so the reason why we started as well, um, we're both Canadian and in Canada, you really recycle like every, like you segregate all your um, plastics from your cardboards, from everything, and everybody does it. And if you don't do it, then you're looked down upon. <laughs> <laughs> and then like we'd give back our beer bottles and our wine bottles to the beer store we got a deposit back for it i mean and that's probably how we bought our beers back when we were younger as well yeah deposits. after big keggers we <laughs> we'd collect the beer bottles go back to the beer store and you get twenty dollars so it's just ingrained into us this yeah. deposit scheme and recycling and then when we moved over here we were a bit shocked that it didn't exist and all the plastic that we saw in the grocery store, the unnecessary single-use plastic, uh, that kind of shocked us a little, little bit. And it's so interesting that you've both come from another country and a huge country as well, where they're able to maybe have things in supermarkets without as much plastic that we have here. And, you know, you've grown up with that sort of idea that that glass bottle, that plastic bottle, that can had a value, whereas we don't seem to think that it has a value. And there's been lots of noise about having the buyback schemes, which are obviously you had them in Canada. I've seen them in Australia. I think they have them in Germany where the machine will literally take it back and you get like a a dollar or a euro or whatever or less than that 10 cents and so it's really it's really strange that we haven't been able to implement that it feels like something that exists that would be quite easy to bring into the UK and there's been talk about it but we just don't have it yet do we no and it's so surprising actually because it's such an easy thing to implement and then it gives a value to that like perceived packaging Mm. so it's I think Scotland's actually bringing it bringing it in in 2021 which will be good to see yeah that would be good. Probably be like nationwide. Yeah, it's definitely one of those things that they've. That I'm. I'm sure I've heard Michael Gove talk about. Uh, it was probably 2018 now when it, they were making like large claims about how they would be more eco in years to come. But I do feel like maybe COVID-19. I don't know what your thoughts on that have. Have kind of made that take a little bit of a back seat. Do you think that environmental issues have taken a back seat in 2020? Yeah, definitely. With, with all the PPE going around, there's definitely taking a backseat. And then I think we're like dealing with Brexit as well. So Brexit and then COVID and all these other things came and then kind of all environmental issues were put on the backseat. Mm. Hopefully, like, I mean, they have a plastic pact for 2025 and there's like four initiatives that they want to implement by 2025. So making like all plastics recyclable, reusable, compostable, um, making sure that all packaging is about at least 30% recycled content. So there are initiatives, um, and hopefully we start seeing some of that progress happening. Yeah. Does that ease either of your eco-anxieties when you hear things like that? <laughs> it's not changing quickly enough. Every year we're seeing like plastic production increasing by like 2 to 3%. So it's, it's a, linear, a linear model all the way up, and it's just not stopping. Mm. So... So no, not yet. 
<laughs> yeah, I don't know whether there's anything that quells my eco-anxiety. I think doing this podcast quells my eco-anxiety. That's a, So you guys decided, you, you had the same eco-anxiety as me and you decided to set up a company. And I was like, I'll set up a podcast. <laughs> But you know what? It's all about awareness. Yeah. Because the more people know about it, the more they think, oh, I shouldn't buy that single use bag or I shouldn't do this. So like these types of podcasts, these types of like, you know, new companies coming to light. That's amazing because it only grows the movement. And that's what we need. We need more people to be aware and just have a second think about what their contribution is to the problem. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And what sort of the response been so far since you launched in and was it quite difficult to launch in 2020 as well? Um, it made us like think a couple times about it, and and I mean like the supply chains were a little bit um, just took longer to get certain materials in, but we definitely we saw the problem was like still there was not going away so it was something that we wanted to focus on and then why not I mean everybody's at home right now so trialing a home delivery service when everybody's stuck at home was probably a benefit in a way. Yeah, everyone needs soaps, they need laundry detergent, and they need it delivered. So we thought, you know, let's let's just do it. Yeah, yeah. And it seems to be going well, like there's good good response from the customers you've got so far. Yeah, very good response. Um, the customers that do use us, like they love the service. They love that they're actually like impacting. Like it's something that you just feel good about doing instead of recycling. You know how you use recycling, you used to feel like satisfied? same sort of thing like you just feel oh this is not going to the trash mm. and people are returning the bottles that was our biggest fear that they just keep the bottles or we wouldn't see them ever again and they're actually leaving them out on their doorstep on their delivery day um so we're yeah we're getting them back we're able to wash them and refill them so it's great it's very yeah. exciting for us so I want, yeah, it's funny, isn't it? That you talk about recycling. I think I read a stat recently that in the UK, something like forty percent of our rubbish, including our recycling, is burnt, and it's that oh. difficult. Once you learn about it, you just think, well, I can't just, in all good faith, put this thing in the recycling, knowing it's probably not going to get recycled. I mean, it's insane. And now the UK is talking about um, making those incineration plants exempt from CO two emissions which is insane. It's madness. So they're saying, oh, it's getting recycled. It's actually going to an incinerator and that incinerator is contrib- um, contributing to CO2 emissions. Yeah. It's this thing of climate change being, having an impact now. It's not sort of rising sea levels in countries far away. It's it's in the city that we're all living in. And it's, it's so sad to see governments doing things like that and rolling back rules like that, which surely don't make any sense. I know. It's actually like, it's incredible. Like it's, we have to rethink the way that our supply chains work and and start from the ground up. Because currently, if like we continue in the path that we are, like nothing's gonna change. Mm. So we have to just rethink society the way like, like here's another like crazy statistic. We spend more money on waste disposal than on housing. Wow. Now, Monica and Chloe also told me that some councils here in the UK spend 30 to 40% of their whole budget on waste disposal alone. So I had to ask them, does it make them long to be back in Canada? Uh, you know what? Like the, it's everywhere. It's a global issue. And it's in, and sadly, it's an actually more affected in poorer nations. Hmm. Yeah. And the ones that don't have like recycling facilities. And actually, UK contributes to that as well. We, we sent over our garbage to Malaysia, which they didn't recycle. They send it back to us. Hmm. It's kind of an embarrassment. 
It is. It's, it is. Embarrassing is the right word, I think. You're right. It is incredibly embarrassing. Um, I wonder whether this is a little bit like when someone has a baby and you're like, when are you going to have the next one? But what are the next steps for Charlie? What's your sort of like future project- projection? Or are you still basking in the glory of like it working and people actually leaving the bottles out? <laughs> um, we have a few initiatives that we're piloting in the new year, which will make us a lot broader and it will reach outside of London as well. Um, and it will be working with like multiple different parties. So not just our own platform. Oh, interesting. It's a little bit vague, but um, we'll be talking about it more. It's in- top secret. It's top secret. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I also wanted to ask as well, uh, I don't know if this is a slight elephant in the room, but the loop technology that uh, Unilever are bringing in, what are your sort of thoughts on that? Because it's kind of similar to Charlie, but different, right? Yeah, I think, again, it's all about awareness and whoever is bringing that to light, it's great. So they're working with like Unilever's brands, P&G, Nestle, and that's actually where like most of the problems lie anyway. So they're like in the big mass marketed FMCG type companies. So what they're trying to do is similar to us. Um, It's fantastic. Like, I mean, their, their initiatives are great. Like it's not the brands that we would like to work with, because we want to give a platform to smaller brands and independent brands. But again, they are tackling the issue at hand, which is single use. Yeah, yeah. And I suppose, like you say, it's all people who maybe recognize those brands and they might go to something like Loop. That's that's a good thing. Maybe other people who want to stay away from that, support independent, support more sort of local producers like you guys at Charlie, That's that's a way for them to do that as well. So it's kind of like... I think sometimes when I've spoken to people, they're like, this is the one way that we should be doing like sustainability or uh, plastic free or whatever. And and it's just not the case. And it has to be sort of everyone coming together and doing things their own way that are all as sustainable as we can possibly get. Right. Would you not agree with that? 100 percent. It shouldn't just be, oh, that person's doing it wrong and shame people. Because as soon as you start shaming people, making them feel bad, it's like, oh, my God, this is not going to work for anybody. And you're part of the problem. Yeah, and mm. people won't want to do it if you don't encourage them. You know, it's all about the collective community. And small steps. And not perfection as well. Don't do things perfectly. Just do something. Yeah, and I imagine there must be things even within your own brand that you're like, okay, this is not quite perfect or maybe not as sustainable as we could get it. So are there things like that that maybe you're working on for the future? Oh, my gosh. Labels are an issue for everybody. And most labels are plastic. And even if it's like the, the, uh, the coating on the back of it, it's plastic. So that's an issue that we're trying to deal with. We're trying to find another solution, but there's nothing that's the perfect solution yet. Mm. And pumps we use are also plastic, but we encourage our customers to reuse them. So they're not single-use pumps, but that's yeah. something we're trying to work on as well. And obviously, they're quite difficult to get in one single material. So even when they are um, recycled, if they have the metal in those sort of pumps, um, it's quite hard to recycle them as well, right? So, yeah. There's actually a new pump on the market that's fully recyclable. Ah, I was going to say, I've seen Ren use one that is like fully yes. recyclable. Yeah. Ah. yeah, there's one company out of Italy that makes them. Amazing. Is that the one that you guys use? So no, we're getting that in stock in the new year. Ah. They were sold out last year. So like, oh. you couldn't get your hands on pumps because of all like the uh, hand sanitizers. 
Yes, I saw that first mile in London was sort of saying if you've got any pump action spray bottles at home, like we'll collect them because there's <laughs> there's literally a global shortage. <laughs> uh, well, guys, I wanted to ask you, we always ask our guests um, two important questions. Uh, the first one uh, is your favourite plastic item because it's a good material. We're just using it in the wrong way, disposing of it incorrectly. So anything in your life you couldn't live without, both of you? Um, a few things. <laughs> Gosh. I mean, uh, we don't think that plastic's bad. We just think it's, um, we don't like single-use plastic. So that, I think there should be like a big distinction between the two of those things. Um, so my glasses. Very cool. They are as well. Uh, thanks. <laughs> and then um, vinyls. <gasps> I'm a vinyl fan as well. I do always say my record collection. <laughs> exactly. Like, what would you do without that? Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about it the other day when Google went down. I was like, well, if Spotify goes down, we'll still be fine because we've got the vinyl records to play. <laughs> what about you, Chloe? Oh, so mine's um, a bit silly, but my juicer, uh, it's made like mostly of plastic, but I love it. I love and a smoothie. For a long time. So yeah, and then I'll recycle it when I have to throw it out. Yeah. Um, and then apparently phones are 40% plastic. Yeah. That would yeah. make sense. Yeah. Can't they're still pretty. Live without. Hate admitting that, but. <laughs> yeah. So true. Same here. Um, and I wanted to ask you both as well, uh, if you could pick just one person who you sort of look up to in the environmental space, an environmental hero for both of you. So mine is Greta. Oh, lovely. Yeah. Great one. She's just raised so much awareness. Um, about the environment and you know she's rallied children and adults and um, just shed so much light on the situation and she's only what is she 17 mm. it's amazing incredible like, yeah you go Greta love her <laughs> I know I'm putting herself out there like that like I would have died to do something like that at 17 I would have been so embarrassed and uh, she's just yeah, yeah taking all of that and all of like world leaders like dissing her online and doing it all with such humor and grace it's amazing oh, yeah it's crazy these adults getting at her it's mad. mad monica what about you uh, mine's david attenborough for the similar sort of reason i mean he's shed so much light on environmental issues from like the beginning of his career and mm. like blue planet was like the biggest turn i think for like the world the Western world, like, oh my gosh, we're putting this much plastic in the environment. Like, these are the things, like, this is the deforestation that's happening. Like, it's, it's just incredible how much light he's put on it and yeah. how he's been a champion. Yeah, definitely. It's definitely one of those sort of, you can't argue with the impact it had on the mainstream. Yeah. Um, if people were able to ignore sort of environmental issues because the, it, they were able to because it wasn't their interest I think you're right like he totally sort of smashed through that BBC Sunday night or Saturday night or whatever it was like you, you just couldn't ignore it could you yeah massive massive impact I'd like to see fingers crossed him pass on the social platform that he's got as well because um, he sort of used it for a little bit and then was like I'm going to give this up now and I think it'd be really nice to see if he like passes the mic yeah that would be good or yeah. his team obviously because bless him I think he's done enough now <laughs> Bless him. Uh, Monica and Chloe from Charlie, thank you so much for joining me and chatting to me on the Age of Plastic podcast. Thanks for having us. Thanks so much for having us. Love their support for local small producers. You can find out more at their website, uh, Charlie, 
with two R's and an I at the end dot com. And there's more from Monica and Chloe on the roundup at the end of this series. Now, I know sometimes that some of my guests are maybe a little bit uh, London-centric because that's where I live. Sorry about that, guys. Um, I have had a little look. If you want to make a search for a zero-waste shop near you, there is a brilliant website called thezerowastenetwork.com. Search in the UK and you will find your nearest one there. Right, on to the next episode. Coming up next week, I'm going to be chatting to a woman who has the only job title like this in the whole world. Future Generations Commissioner for Wales, Sophie Howe, is tasked with saving the future from the actions of today. More with Sophie on next week's podcast, The Age of Plastic. Until then, wash your hands, wear a mask, keep safe. See you then. Bye.